0: Hello and welcome back to Instant Mom, navigating solo foster and adoptive motherhood while attempting a go at sanity. So we are about, I think, a month, almost a month into having our teen with us. So I thought I would provide a little bit of an update as to how that's going. Um, I know a lot of people like myself are curious about fostering teens, but also really scared about fostering teens. And so, um, I thought it would be really helpful to provide my experience and what I have learned along the way in my short time, um, as being a a host slash foster mom to this teen girl. Um, And just a few things that I'll remind you of if you didn't listen to the previous episode. I'm referring to her as Michelle, but that is not her real name. And also just to clarify, she is not technically in foster care. She is with us through a program called Safe Families. And in some ways, it's exactly like foster care, and in other ways, it's not at all like foster care. Um, You can listen to that in uh, my previous episode to learn more about that, but the bottom line is, just like foster care, um, safe families, places... Um, kids of all ages from babies up through teenagers with um, pre-screened, pre-approved, pre-trained homes um, when those kids don't have a safe or appropriate place to live for a number of reasons. and, uh, and then the, the host home is charged with doing everything that a foster parent would, making sure that they're safe, protecting them, um, getting them health care, um, you know, just being a good role model, like all of those things that um, a foster parent would do. Unlike foster care, the program is voluntary all around, um, and it's not overseen by judges or the court system. Um. So there's not a lot of red tape, which is kind of nice. Uh, and then, then the also diff- the one of the other main differences from a foster parent perspective is that unlike foster care, you do not receive any kind of financial or material assistance. Um. So if you're a foster parent, you usually get a couple hundred dollars a month. Um, for each child that you're fostering to help offset the cost of caring for that child, you know, to help pay for daycare or transportation, food, clothes, um, you know, field trip and class fees, things like that. But since Safe Families is an all-volunteer program, they do not um, have the resources to offer that. So um, you're kind of on your own, which sort of stinks because uh, one of the things I've learned is that teens are really expensive. I didn't realize this, guys. I thought, I knew babies were expensive because they've got formula and diapers and they grow out of clothes super quickly and daycare is so expensive. Um, But teens are really expensive too. Oh my gosh, they eat so much food and they need expensive things. Like we went and and got uh, Michelle all set up for soccer and Like there were some cleats in the store that were several hundred dollars. I was like, what? I thought cleats would be like 20 bucks. Um, So anyway, um, but we've just had such a great time with her. I am so happy that we decided to do it. Um, So just a little update. I, um... okay, sorry about that. I had to go help Jack for a minute. He is sleeping or is supposed to be sleeping, but needed some consoling. So I had to run and do that. So the first thing that I want to talk about is what I think we did right when we were preparing for Michelle to move in and what we did to welcome her. Because I think this is one of the things that I totally nailed. Um, And only because I asked for a lot of ideas from other uh, foster parents who have had teens before. So of course, the first thing I did was try to make her room as welcome as possible. So I tried to um, make it look really cute, but also make it... um, sort of blank slate enough that she could personalize things the way that she wanted to and, and felt like she could do that. So she's got like, um, of course a bed and a little dresser. And I put a desk in there because she'll be doing, um, e-learning her school's virtual for now. And then in the desk, I put all kinds of school supplies. So pens and scissors and tape and, um, markers and highlighters and notebooks just stuff that I thought she might need along the way and then I also bought a dry erase board and a bulletin board and I wrote a little note on each of those and put you know thumbtacks on the bulletin board so that she could hang up her own pictures or whatever it is that she wanted to to make it instantly feel more like home Um, And then I also got her a little welcome bag. So I went to Target and um, bought a bunch of fun stuff for a teenage girl, which was uh, such a chore. Um, It was not a chore at all. It was a lot of fun, actually. Um, I love having Jack and I love having a boy, but it was really fun to buy pink sparkly things for a girl. Um, So I got her like a welcome bag of things that weren't necessities, but would make her feel like she was really welcome and that we were excited about her. And just some fun things to break the ice. And they could also be useful to her. So I got her some wireless earbuds, uh, an iPhone charger, a really cute journal, and some fun colored pens. um, A cute coffee mug with a funny little slogan on it. Um, Different kinds of teas, because when I had met her two times previously, she talked about how she really liked tea and was kind of a tea addict. Uh, Different candies... Uh, I'm trying to think of what else I got her oh face masks like fun little face masks some fun scented lip balm Um, and I got her a little card that just said you know we're so happy to be here Um, we're so happy so happy to have you here just to make her feel feel welcome again I think that was all I put in her welcome bag there might have been a few other odds and ends that I am forgetting but just some fun stuff Um, that she could get excited about. And then on top of that, I got her some um, necessities because I didn't know what she would or would not be coming with. She had been sort of on her own, uh, basically homeless for the past year or so. And um, rather than assume that she would come with things or make her feel uncomfortable by asking what she did or didn't have, I just kind of got everything that a teenage girl might need. So deodorant and an assortment of pads and tampons and shampoo and conditioner and body wash and a and razors and a toothbrush and toothpaste and I'm trying to think of if there were some other things. I made sure that the bathroom that she was going to use was stocked with like q-tips and cotton balls and and things like that um, just so if she didn't have anything with her she at least didn't have to be embarrassed to ask and it was already in her bedroom for her and then I figured if she wanted something different we could go shopping for that later but at least that would tide her over for a day or two and then we also Jack and I colored a little welcome sign for her and put it on her door it said welcome Michelle we're so excited to have you as part of our family and then we have one of those, like, you know, every person in the world has them let, by now, those letter boards um in our in the formal family room so we made a little welcome message for her on there. I just wanted her to see when she walked in that this wasn't she wasn't a burden. This wasn't something that we felt obligated to do. I wanted her to know that we were super excited for this because um you know, and this is I, the metaphor I'm about to use, I realize is completely insufficient, but it's the best metaphor I have. So just bear with me. But when I stay at a friend's house or when I'm a guest house somewhere, Even if it's somebody that I know really well, I still kind of feel awkward and I kind of feel like I'm a burden. Like there's always just that part where you're like, Oh, if I get if I'm hungry in the middle of the night, like can I help myself to food in the kitchen? Or, you know, you're like, Can I just throw some clothes in the laundry? Is that okay? Or, you know, what time are you gonna get up? What time are you gonna go to sleep? Like you're just hyper aware that you're a guest and that you're always trying to follow um, you know the other person's lead, and you 're trying to be on your best behavior and and you might not ever feel like super super comfortable um or maybe i 'm just like an overly cautious house guest i don 't know. But I felt that she probably feels the same way. Like, man, is this woman taking me in because she feels sorry for me? Like she feels like I'm a charity case. Um, Am I going to be, does she feel like I'm going to be a burden or annoying to her? Like if I was her, I'd probably think I'll just stay in my room and be really quiet and try not to be a burden. And so I wanted her to know like, no, we are so excited to do this. Like we want to do this. This was something that we thought would be really fun for us too. And I wanted her to know that that was the kind of home that she was stepping into. Um, The other thing that I did before she got here, before her first day, was I sent her an email with our family rules and then also our family routine. So setting the family rules is probably pretty self-explanatory. I wanted her to know um, sort of what what the conditions were of her staying here um, because you know she'd been on her own for a while, and um, you know when I first met her, she admitted that she wasn't used to having rules she wasn't used to having to be. Um, to tell somebody where she was or have, a, have to worry about when she was coming and going. And so I just wanted to be very clear that we do have rules in this house. And especially since I have a three-year-old son, um, that our rules are probably more strict than a household that just had teenagers because I am keeping in mind that, th- that what the teenager does um, can also affect him. So I sent her all the rules ahead of time and we agreed on it. It was all pretty obvious, I think. I don't think there were any surprises. The basics like no drugs, no alcohol, no smoking, no vaping. Um, We talked about um, you can have guests over, but you have to ask ahead of time. Um, Curfew, um, what time guests had to leave. Uh, Talking about how if she had boys over, the doors had to be open and I have to be here talked about no sex in the house um which I wasn't ready to have to talk about that but you kind of have to with the teenager um and then just like general house rules that anybody in this house would follow and and I guess they're not even so much rules as just kind of like how we live in our house like we are kind to one another we don't call each other names or use insults or bully one another we don't hit um I remember when I was taking a foster parenting class and they were chatting about how to create family rules. Um, they said, you know, a lot of people forget to put something really obvious, like we don't hit people in this home, but for some kids hitting is a very normal thing. Like they don't even see it as wrong. Maybe they were just always hit to be disciplined or they were always hit when their parents were angry. And, um, And even if they did see it as wrong, maybe they just assume that that's what all adults do. So I wanted to be very clear in case that was her background or her experience that this is a safe home. No one hits anybody here. Nobody hurts anybody. Nobody puts their hand on somebody else without permission um, just um, as a ground rule for anybody in our home. So I thought that was a good tip that I, um, I learned in a class probably years ago. Um, and then I also put in there just that uh, we want to be a good role model for Jack. So, um, what we say in front of him, what we do in front of him, what we're watching or listening to in front of him, we want to make sure that it's um, you know free of explicit images and doesn't have curse words, and is just a, we're generally being positive role models around him. So, um we did our house rules and then oh and then I also put in the house rules that any guest that you bring in has to abide by all those house rules as well. Otherwise, they will not be allowed to come back. So, I made it very clear that you are responsible for the guests that you bring over and you're responsible for them following the rules. So, none of this like, oh well, I invited Stacy over and Stacy, you know, brought weed, but it was Stacy's weed, so it's not my problem. It's like, nope, uh, anybody that you come over here is your responsibility. Anybody that you bring over here is your responsibility. So I just wanted to make that really clear too. Um, And then the other thing that I did was I did a page just of our general routine. So I talked about what time we usually get up in the morning, um, what time I take Jack to school, what I do when I come back home, like what does my work from home schedule look like, and Um, And really got down into the specifics. Like, I think I said something like, when I come home and I work from home, I work in my home office. And I usually leave the door open, and it's fine if you wanna come knock on the door if you need something, or you can text me. Um, I talked about what time I get Jack, what time we eat dinner, what time we do um, bath and bedtime, what our weekends look like, what kinds of activities we might partake in. And I did that because, and again, this is where I'm gonna use another metaphor that I know is very different and very lacking. But um, when I was 18, after my freshman year of college, I took a break from school and I moved to New York City and I was a live-in nanny. And it was an awesome experience. Um, that's a whole other podcast. But um, the family and I are still very good friends to this day. Um, but I remember one of the things I was most intimidated by or nervous about was just figuring out how to um, interact with the family when I wasn't working, um, because I'm like living with these strangers and they were also my bosses and I just didn't know what to do. Like, can I hang out with you guys in the evening and watch TV or do you want me to disappear? Um, can I join you if you go to dinner one night together or should I not be there? Just like kind of dumb things like that. You know, is it okay if I wear my pajamas around the house or do you like want me to get dressed? And so, um, I thought that if I sort of gave her an idea of what our routine is like, that she could understand where she wanted to fit in. And I also made it very clear on that sheet. I said, um, you are always welcome to join us in whatever it is that we're doing, but it's also okay if you want to have some time to yourself in your room. And I made it very clear that I would be teaching Jack that if her door was closed, that he needed to knock um, and ask to come in, and that sometimes he might not be allowed to come in. And I think when I talk about challenges, I'll, I'll talk about that too. That's been harder to do than I thought. So I think, I hope that that document really helped put her at ease and sort of know what to expect um, and help her sort of find her way around our household, um, literally and figuratively. So that was really great, um, I think. And I I was really grateful for all of the ideas that I got from other foster parents of how they transitioned a new teenager into their home. And overall, it has been so much easier than I ever could have imagined. I mean, I I think the thing that I was most worried about was just what it would feel like to have another almost adult in this home. Um, I was afraid it would feel like a constant intrusion. You know, I have um, lived alone my entire adult life, and it's just been Jack and I for a long time. Of course, I've fostered lots of babies, but, you know, it's a baby. It's not like they can, you know, intrude necessarily. You're sort of in charge of them. Um, And I'm a clean freak, and I really like my alone time when Jack goes to bed, and so I was afraid that it would feel intrusive to have someone else here all the time, but it hasn't. Felt that way at all. Like, it's been so great to have her here. It's been really nice to have a companion and, um, you know, another almost adult in the house. I keep saying almost adult because she'll be 18 in, in a few months. Um, it's been so fun to talk to her, like just to chat to another girl and we've talked about boys and dating and makeup and she tells me about all these YouTube and TikTok stars that she thinks everybody knows about and I'm like, I have literally no idea what you're talking about. Like she mentioned some somebody's name and I was like, oh, is that your friend from school? And she just like started laughing. She's like, no, that's a super famous TikTok star. I'm like, I, yeah, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> so I'm officially old. But it's just been, it's been so great to have someone to hang out with. And she's pretty busy. Um, Even though her school is virtual, she works a lot. And then she's also in the band and she plays soccer. So she's not here a ton in the evenings and on the weekends. Um, But when she is, it's just been so great to hang out with her. And I think the hardest thing has been staying awake at night because you know, she's a teenager and she likes to stay up all night and talk. And it's been so great to talk about her and hear her stories and learn about her and just have some really great like deep conversations about things. But I feel so bad because like when 10 o'clock rolls around, I am yawning my head off and I'm like, okay, I've got to go to bed. And she's like, what? You're going to bed already? (laughs) Um, But I'm old. I can't hang. Meanwhile, you know, Jack and I are up and about at 7 a.m. And, you know, she's sleeping in and to her, you know, 9.30 is early in the morning. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's almost lunchtime at 9.30. Um, so, yeah, that it hasn't felt like an intrusion at all. And, in fact, it's just been so seamless and smooth and natural, which has been really, really awesome. Um I think the biggest challenge has just been figuring out the transportation. Um, Again, because she's in band and soccer and she works, all of those things happen at the complete opposite side of the city. And it's about a 35-minute trip to get down to those places. Um, So you know, to take her there and then to come back, it's over an hour. And that's just a lot of driving. It's a lot of gas. It's a lot of time in the car for Jack. And so figuring that out has been the trickiest part. But she really likes taking the public transportation system we have. It's not great in our city at all, but um, but we got her a bike. So she's been able to like bike to and from the bus stop, which isn't too far from us. And um, that helps out on time in times where I can't get her um, or, you know, it's just too much driving. So that's been really great. And then we also hired just sort of a part-time babysitter um, who will be helping as well with some of that transportation. Um, We hired the babysitter for Jack, not for Michelle. (laughs) Um, But this babysitter will be doing some driving too to help out with that. So I think that's been the trickiest bit to figure out is just getting her to all the places that she needs to go. Um, And like most teens, having her plan that out. So, you know, my life is pretty... Planned in that I can see my calendar for the week and things may shift and come up, but for the most part I can you know anticipate what I've got to do for that week, and I I had to remember that she is a teenager and not a coworker, because uh, I was like okay you've. Gotta stop telling me that you need to be somewhere twenty minutes before you need to be there. Like I really need you to give me a snapshot of your weeks. So I can make this work. Um, but once I said that once, she's been really good about providing me those details way in advance, which has been awesome. And there was a little bit of a learning curve with her, and a learning curve with me too in communicating where she was, because again, she's been on her own for more or less the past year and hasn't had to check in with anybody. And so um, it it only happened once, but I was like, hey, I need to know where you are when you're coming home. Um, Not because, and I was explaining this to her, I'm like, not because I'm nosy or I want to control you, but I want to know, you know, hey, if you're not home, you know, by... 10 o'clock at night is it because you're breaking curfew and you're out somewhere or is it because something happened to you and I need to start calling the cops um and again that was something that only happened once and then she was she's been super great about updating me when she gets off work she'll text me and be like getting off work waiting at the bus stop and then she'll be like on the bus and then she'll update me 15 minutes away from my final bus stop um so that's been really great too um it's been an adjustment for both of us and then in general, the challenge with her, as I think it is with any teenager, um, is just balancing that fine line of they're still technically a kid, but she's three months away from being an adult. And so, you know, teenagers do dumb things and make stupid decisions. I totally did. Um, so you want to give them those rules and boundaries and consequences, but They're not seven, so you also have to give them some freedom to fail and some responsibility and flexibility and accountability, and I'm not an expert at that by any means. So that's been a little bit of trial and error of figuring out that balance. The other thing that we did was we revised the rules about a week into her staying here. I think at first I was a little too generous with the rules because I really wanted her to... um, to have a lot of freedom, but then after about a week of it, I was like, mm-hmm, "Yeah, I don't think this is gonna work." So two things that we specifically changed was um, no friends over through the school week, um, just because you know during the day she's got to focus on her schoolwork and friends shouldn't be over then. But then in the evening and in the afternoon, when school is over, at first I thought I would be okay with friends coming over, but it's just a really busy time for us. I'm trying to feed Jack. I'm trying to feed her. I'm trying to feed myself. I'm trying to give Jack a bath. I'm trying to finish up work emails or sometimes even wrap up meetings. It's just a really busy time. And so to have over a guest at that point is just too much. So I changed that and said, okay, no friends over through the week. Um, And then I also um, uh, changed her curfew to an hour earlier on the weekends um, I already had it pretty early through the week, so we didn't need to change that. But on the weekend, I made it an hour earlier because um, I was staying up until she would get home so that I could make sure she was home safely and then turn the alarm on. And then I was like, wait a minute, I don't want to stay up till midnight every weekend. Like, I'm tired. I, I want to go to bed. So we made it a little bit earlier, just um, selfishly for my sake, so I can get to sleep early and not have to be up until midnight waiting for her to get in. And um, she was totally fine with those two changes. So, um so yeah, I think that's that's a little summary of what's been going on with us. Um let's see, I'm just looking at my notes here. Oh, I think the other big challenge was um driving lessons. So she has her permit. And um when you have your permit, you have to have so many hours of practice driving in order to get your license. And we've just done a driving lesson in like a big empty parking lot, like what my mom did to me. But it's so nerve wracking. You forget like how hard it is to learn to drive at first. And I was just like, oh my God, please don't kill us. But she actually did a really good job. So um, I'm going to try to be very generous with driving lessons and try not to to freak out when that happens. But there have been so many delightful moments. Um, like I said, just having the companionship of somebody else here, having a girl in our family, um, and just having those great heart-to-heart talks has been awesome. And I'm also remembering a lot of my teenage years. Like some of the stuff has changed a lot, like TikTok and YouTube, which weren't even, I mean, if you would have said that to anybody when I was in high school in the 90s, they'd be like, what are you saying? What do those words mean? Um, You know, we still had dial-up internet and you've got mail. Um, But a lot of the things stay the same. I mean, talking about, you know, friends who told a secret to another friend and now so-and-so is mad at so-and-so and, you know, just boys and their silly drama and, teachers who aren't helpful. And and um, it's just been kind of fun to relive some of those memories that have been buried deep in my mind. Um, and it's also been fun to watch her and Jack together. Jack is obsessed with her. Um, the, one of the bigger challenges has been like getting him to leave her alone. And she's been just so generous with, you know, playing with him and chatting with him. But She's also a teenager and I know she doesn't want to hang out with a three-year-old all the time, nor, nor should she. So I've been trying really hard to be like, Jack, we want to give Michelle some space and uh, you know, we can't always be hanging out in her room. But she's also really helpful with Jack. Like, you know, if Jack isn't sitting at the dinner table or he's like misbehaving, she'll be like, Look, Jack, I'm a big kid and I'm sitting at the dinner table. And then because he wants to be like her, then he'll do it too. So um, there have been a few moments where I've like, she's like kind of given me a wink and like stepped in and done something really helpful with Jack. And I'm like, Oh, you're the best. Um, and it's also been so fun just to watch Jack love her. Um, you know, he's such a loving kid. And the other day, he like ran, ran down the whole length of the house to her and was screaming, I love you and gave her this big hug. And that was just so sweet that he is learning to put love into action. And I that's one of the things that I love about fostering um, and hosting with Jack is that he could grow up knowing that this is normal. Like this is what good people do. We extend our home and our resources to people who need it. And I'm just so happy that that is his normal. And hopefully he'll continue that when he's an adult. Um, And it's also been fun to bust my own myths. Like There has been so much in the past probably five years or so that um, I would have said, like, I will never do this. I will never do that. That has turned completely on its head. And one of those things is I will never foster teens. I mean, even a couple months ago, we had looked into um, a pre-adoptive placement of a teen girl and that just, like, did not go well. We were not a good fit for each other. Um, I mean, she was a, she's an amazing teenager. Like, don't get me wrong. But what she needed, we couldn't offer her. Um, so it just it wouldn't have been a good fit for her, and so I even did a podcast. I think if you can go back, you can probably listen to me say like, "We're just not gonna foster teens until Jack is a teenager," and here we are a couple months later. So it's just been so nice to um, bust another one of my myths and to see that there is nothing to be afraid of. And I think I'm I would definitely say I'm happier um, having her here than I was before. And so that's been, that's been really cool. And also she's helping me brush up on my TikTok and YouTube stars that I had no idea before who they were. So I'll have some street cred with the high school set, apparently. Um, and also because she's been conditioning for soccer, she'll like, we we went on a run together one time and she's trying to be healthier about what she eats. So she's been a really good influence on me. Like, oh yeah, maybe I should put the cookie down and go on a run with you. So that's been really fun too. But it's just been such a delight. We had um, a little hiccup, and I won't get into it because I, you know, very much respect her privacy. But um, you know, just so uh, to be perfectly candid, because I'm sure people who have fostered teens for a long time are like, oh, just wait till the honeymoon phase is over. Um, we did have a, a hiccup, a fairly significant hiccup, I would say. Um, but we were able to work through it, and we worked through it really well and I think I respect her more coming out the other end of it and um and you know that's that's how it goes with any teenager I mean no matter what your background is no matter what your situation is teens do stupid things like that is the definition of being a teenager is making stupid decisions I made a ton of them and I had pretty much every advantage in the world so um you know, that's to be expected, right? (laughs) And we were able to move past it. And, um, you know, hopefully it's smooth sailing from here. And even if there are a few other hiccups, we know we'll get by them because she is such an amazing kid and such a delight. And she's going to have such an amazing future in front of her. Like, guys, I just want to take a second and brag about her. She has the best work ethic of anyone I've ever known, like teenager, child, adult, anyone she just works her butt off and doesn't complain. And, um, you know, she, I just can't imagine like juggling as many responsibilities as she has and how she, and she is now Um, and juggling those responsibilities when she was basically homeless and still keeping up on all of that. And she's got some goals and some dreams and she is dreaming big and she is just going to do amazing things in life. And I am so excited to see where she's going to go. And I hope that she allows me to be part of her life, even if it's in a very minor way in the future, because um, she's just awesome and just really, really like her. So um, I feel very lucky that I get to see this young lady like start to think about her future and um, and think about you know what kind of woman she wants to be. So that's been really great. And she's got so much maturity and insight, like way more than I did. Um, so just feels like she's wise, more so than a lot of other teenagers and um, a lot of other adults. We were talking about boys the other night and she was kind of, um, you know, chatting through this one situation and the the words that she was saying, I was like, Michelle, like, can you talk to some of my girlfriends about this? Because. <laughs> Like you are being more logical and sensible and level headed about this than some of my girlfriends who are forty years old, so um so she's just great, so great, so anyway, that is our update. Um, I appreciate all the questions that I got in about what it is like to foster slash host a teen. I answered some of them in my Instagram story, Um, but also always feel free to submit them. So any questions you have on fostering, adopting, doing this as a solo parent, please let me know. You can always email me, elizabeth.friedland at gmail.com, or shoot me a message on Instagram at efriedland. And thanks again for listening.